coming to the stage is an actress, singer, dancer, comedian, and overall divine talent. Although her first big breakout role was Janae on the series The Game, she has been entertaining people since her childhood. Some of her credits include Rosewood, Insecure, Luke Cage, SWAT, and the three-time Emmy-nominated series A Black Lady Sketch Show. Did I mention she is an NAACP Image Award nominee? Please welcome to the stage the one and only, the talented and incomparable Gabrielle Dennis. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. I've been a big, big fan. Flowers first. I have seen you on multiple television programs, multiple films. I said that Leonardo DiCaprio me. <laughs> <laughs> Gabrielle Dennis be booking, be booking. Oh, so yeah. Congratulations on, on all your success you. and all your nominations and to your continued success. But before we go there, let's go all the way back to Cincinnati, Ohio. What was a young Gabrielle like growing up in Cincinnati? Well, my mom always called me a ham. Uh, she said I came out the womb ready to like, you know, just sparkle and just be the center of attention possibly. But really, I just love entertaining people and seeing people laugh and, and bring joy. And a lot of times when there's so much darkness around you, it's like, hey, look over here. Don't look at the bad stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's all smile. Let's all, you know, uh, have a good time. So I've always just kind of been that kid attracted to to trying to bring joy and be joyful whenever possible. And this is such a blessing, I know, to know and tap into so early what it is that I knew I wanted to do and was kind of, you know, like my calling in a sense. And like knowing that so young gave me purpose at a very yeah. young, young age. Um, so, but my mom having that foresight to know like, okay, my child's a little special. She just won't sit still. This energy that's bottled up has to be put somewhere. So at, I think I was four when she put me in my first dance class and I ended up going to performing art school. That was a fourth to 12th grade program. I mean, I didn't graduate from that school, but it, 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 it we had to do dance. Uh, you had to do multiple disciplines and mine were dance theater um, and uh, musical theater. Um, so it was just like, I had this energy to put somewhere and I'm a keen, keen believer of the arts or extracurricular activities of some sort for young people because I know that kept me out of trouble. Not yeah. that I was a kid that was looking for trouble, but trouble will find young people all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, they say, what is it? Uh, I idle time is the devil's playground. So when That's you see me, in rehearsals and you're busy studying, you're busy doing whatever, trying to reach a goal of some sort, you don't really have time to, to slip necessarily yeah. into to, to the muckety muck of the world. <laughs> so is it I was trying, to, was trying to avoid all the muckety muck. <laughs> the muck of the miry clay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it true with all these talents that you really wanted to be a ballerina? Yeah, yeah. A ballerina, tell me about that. Yeah, my first love was dance in the sense that, like I said, at four years old, I was in a ballet class and and then always wanted to get up. Like you had to escalate to the level of uh, point. But like mm -hmm. when I finally graduated to that level, I could put on some point shoes and just spin on my toes and my tippy toes. That's just magical to me. Um, and so my goal was to move to New York um, and to join like the Dance Theater of Harlem or New York Ballet Company. And like that was the dream. Yeah. Um, and then because I left that school earlier, I didn't go through the full program where the schools come, they audition you and they pluck you out to be in those uh, kinds of institutions. So 
it just was a dream deferred. Like I still dance, but never to the level that I thought I wanted to. Um, but you know, I still got to experience like jazz and tap and hip hop and, and ballet and modern and classical, you know, all of the things. But I thought I was going to be a ballerina. That was the original goal. Yes, it was. I thought so I was going you, to be Misty Copeland before we knew who Misty Copeland that's was. What I was about to ask you, you want to be Misty Copeland. So are you are you okay with the way your career turned out, or do you often oh, yeah. reminisce about your dance career? Oh yeah. See, but also in the life of a dancer is a lot shorter than the life mm. of an actor. Because at some point your body's like, ma'am, who's lifting their leg past their ears anymore? Uh, ma'am, who's doing 17 pirouettes? I'm gonna feel a little bit dizzy and lightheaded. Wow. Uh, but also <laughs> it's it's you know, it's one of those like with and it may have changed since I was younger, but like traditionally there's you get to an an age i think i was just having this conversation like you get to an age in your late 20s or whatever and you're considered dust it's like move on over dust. that new crop dust okay dust so is in right so wow. um i think it's you know it's one of those things i learned a long time ago my plan and god's plans are two totally different things and i just go for the ride and i enjoy the blessings uh and again anybody out there that loves what they do is a blessing. Count yeah. that blessing every day. Because there's people out here that don't like what they do. And I know it's hard. I've seen it up close and personal. It's a it's a struggle. Like it makes life so much harder. Um, so I never take for granted the blessing that I have of enjoying making a living how I make a living. Um, so yeah, I just I never take it for granted. It's something I pray, I pray about and and, and be thank I'm thankful for all the time. That's amazing. Now, when you were 12 years old, you landed a role in a rage in Harlem with the legendary Gregory Hines. Tell us about that process. Like, how did you get that? How did you get that project? Um, I went to performing arts school, so they would always come and audition whenever projects were in town. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was like me. I was one of maybe a couple hundred girls that auditioned. And sometimes, you know, it's the look. A lot of times people are like, oh, you're so talented and amazing, which, yes, I'll take those accolades. But also sometimes <laughs> it's a combination of you fit what they were looking for in that moment. And I don't know if that yeah. had anything to do with it, because at, like, at such a young age, 10, 12, whatever that was, it was like, what do I know? You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I know to stand with the mark and say, you know, hi, my name is Gabrielle Dennis-Stein, da, da 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 and like do my little spiel as, as I'm trained. Uh, but outside of that, it's like those blessings that are instilled in you I didn't really know how to control at that mm -hmm. age you know you just you don't you're not aware you're just showing up because your mom or your teacher somebody told you to do it um so but yes it was a lot of fun to work with the amazing late great Gregory Hines um I got to meet Robin Givens you know and Forrest Whitaker and like Bill Duke uh directed it and it was just this like wow these are like these amazing black artists that I've heard about yeah. and like you know we we studied Gregory Hines in school like you know watched his dance movies and things like that so he was like this tap dance legend and I'm like and we filmed it right up the street from my school so like kids afterwards they came I had my little stall and the little thing and they came we took pictures it was just this fun experience um I mean they caught my lines I know I wanted they to ask them what was that like to the, you do all that work and then they cut your line? How did you? Well, as a kid, you? you just like you don't really understand, and then you get all dressed up for premiere night. They had a premiere night. I had on my little red uh, velvet and my white ruffles. My sister had a similar dress, and we was out there like yes. And we sent the theater. I was looking up, and I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm gone already. Oh, that was quick. I thought I did that. Mom, did I say lines on that day? <laughs> 
to Hollywood, honey. I ended up on the cutting room floor. But my face was still in there. I was still in the scene. I just didn't say my one line. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even give you no warning before the premiere? No. no. They're not giving a warning to cast number 89 down the list. <laughs> Whatever the hell number I was. You know how many people was in that movie? <laughs> Oh, so so you 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 graduate high school and then you go to Howard University. Now is that the real HU? Uh, for sure. Okay, because I it you was know, established first. Some, so, I mean, I, you know, I, people have said, but I'm glad you were able to clear that up for us. Uh, <laughs> and initially, you went to school for TV production. Is, is that correct? I did. I because when I left my performing arts school, I went to another high school and I uh, studied and it was a communications program. So Scripps Howard had like built this entire studio like we had we had legit equipment like cameras, mm -hmm. uh, the dark rooms where we would develop our film. We had a studio. I had my own. I think it was like gabbing with Gabby or some, <laughs> some ridiculous name for this little local talk show I was doing. Um but it was like a class project, but it was like we had all of this amazing stuff. So that's what I ended up going to, to college for because um, it was a college preparatory uh, program. So that's what I went to Howard for was communication. Then I thought I was going to, you know, somehow get into broadcasting and all those things. And I had a brief job at an ABC affiliate back home and um, an opening came available. <laughs> and I was like, you know. Sliding my resume like da, 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 da. And they were like, oh, no, we hire by seniority here. I said, oh. Who's waiting till somebody die to be available to be a floor a floor director, ma'am? Sir, bye. I was like, I'm out of here. I tried. I gave it a good shot, mom, but I'm out. I tried your plan, and I'm going back to the original. <laughs> <laughs> Show me what the theater is. I was so like, I'm a camera operator for the news channel for the news station. You and I wanted to get the floor director or producer. I can't remember. Yes, holding them big old cameras. You was, on, you you was here. <laughs> It's actually good that you got out of that business because though a lot of those cameras are remote now. They don't even have operators listen, anymore. Listen. And then I remember my worst, the, the day I hated working most was the Sunday night sports show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was dry as toast. Because I don't care about sports like that. And I was like, I don't. Uh, I want to get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, I got out of there with the quickness. I gave it a good college try, but it just didn't speak to me. And the stuff that I want to do, the producing and the directing, they weren't giving me that opportunity. And I just was like, I'm not waiting around 10, 15 years for this. So right. let's try something else. So I read that you co-hosted BET's Teen Summit for two years. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? Oh, that was dope. I got to meet so many amazing people. Um, like I met, you know, uh, uh, Beyonce. Well, she was still Beyonce, but like back when she was still with like Destiny's Child. Yeah. And got to meet, you know, Missy, Missy, Misdemeanor Elliot and like wow. all these amazing people. But like aside from that, the conversations that we got to have, like really feeling like you were part of something. Like that was my first time feeling like, hmm, I believe the children, our future is a real thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we are the future. And like having the conversations that we were having and like tapping into these discussions was really, really profound at that time. And I, it, it really like, I feel like helped me a lot just personally make better decisions at that young age. And I, I credit Teen Summit for a lot of mistakes that I avoided because I was, I'm a great listener and I'm a great observer. And I learned from other people's mistakes. And when we had people on there, I was listening, taking notes. You know what I'm saying? I was mm -hmm. always that kind, of, that kind of kid. 
Got it. So, so talk to me about the Cincinnati Youth Times. I don't even remember what that is. I know the name. <laughs> Why do I know the name? It was your own show where you played an exotic host. Oh, then that's the one I was saying. I thought it was Gabby with Gabby. So Cincinnati Youth Times. That's oh, that was the name of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know that name. What is that? It was a show that clearly did not make it. <laughs> You even you, the creator, gave it a different name. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you see, it was right along the lines with like the Teen Summit because I was watching Teen Summit, you know, back then. So I felt like let's bring that to Cincinnati and like and and give the youth a, a voice. Right. Um, so so getting the job on Teen Summit, like I got on a bus, I got on a Greyhound, I took my little black butt down to DC, and I auditioned because I had sent in a tape, and I got to the next level. And obviously, I was too young to rent a hotel. So I was like 15, 16 at the time. My mom had to rent a hotel and called and had to like book the room. Mm-hmm. I get to DC, I get out the little Greyhound. Like, I walk into the hotel. There's a couple in there with their champagne, their strawberries, half dressed, like sexily dressed. I was like, uh. So they gave me a key to somebody's uh, <laughs> romance time. I was like, uh, that could have went really bad. Like, I, I don't know why. Are you my in them streets, but I was in them streets because I was determined. What was I? I was such a determined kid. Like so, catching that greyhound, all those hours, getting there. Um, it meant it meant like yo, I'm making the right decisions. I actually had a partial scholarship to Ohio State, but I just wanted to get out of Ohio. Mm. You know, yeah, I wanted to. I want. I always wanted to go to HBCU. I I respect it. I respect it. One of my greatest regrets is not going to HBCU. There was there was none in Washington. Now, where did you grow up, though? I grew up in Washington State, and there was okay, none. Well, yeah, you probably could have used it. Yeah. There was, <laughs> if there <laughs> had been one, honestly, if my wife had went to one, I would have went to one. Really? Yeah, because it was like there was black people and white people, and there never really felt like culturally we were celebrated or seen or like any of those yeah. things. So like going to HBCU really helped me tap into a sense of pride that I never had, yeah. you know, yeah. growing up. It's a sense of like opening my eyes to like the wide range and variety that we come in, packaging that we come in and like celebrating culture, like the diaspora of, of the culture, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like even just the city itself of Washington, D.C. being able to go and experience a plethora of different foods and uh, from around the world and different cultures like it was just a melting pot of experience for me which was beautiful because growing up like I said it was very like one of two options mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying I always I guess just sought after variety I'm a, I'm a variety pack type chick <laughs> okay so you graduate college and you come to LA what what was that like what what, what was your where was your mind at like Take us to that time. You know, when you're young, you're so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Broke, full of dreams, no money. Um, I remember selling my car and coming out here and just like, I'm going to make it. Like, Mm -hmm. without a doubt that I was going to make it. But I was determined that while I'm out here, I had no time for like, None of the shits and giggles. It was like yeah. going to the clubs, doing those things, looking for a boyfriend. None of that was like no time for like the goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of came out here and felt like 
worst case, you can always go back. Yeah. But I'm going to make it. And I can only make it if I believe that and if I put the work in. And that's just kind of the hustle mentality kind of kicked in from not only like hustling to get where you're going, but it was like a survival. Because like I said, I had no money. You right. know, I had to figure that out quickly in order to eat. And so my first job, I think, was uh, <laughs> for this network that no longer exists. And it was to host this um, street basketball show. Now, I didn't know much about street basketball. But what I'm going to tell you, I knew something about hosting. So I showed up <laughs> to that going audition. I'm going to tell you one thing. <laughs> I called my boyfriend. I was like, he gave me some tips and I was on that thing like yeah, and then it was like oh okay and then it, I shot a whole damn season and come to wanting to film the uh, opening credits they thought I could play basketball so they wanted me to dribble in the opening credits and shoot some ducks I said uh, my experience is down at uh, the Chuck E. Cheese and the Dave and Busters so I can give you I can give you this but the dribbling of the ball up and down the court I can't do that and on the concrete no no. Oh. Now you can oh give me a little stand in, but I cannot do that. <laughs> I need a couple of days to cheat that one. <laughs> so you also had a career as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. This is new to me. Tell me about Gabrielle Dennis on stage. Oh, I love stand-up. Like it was one of those things, like I remember the first time I fell in love with stand-up comedy full heartedly, where I said, I want to try to do that. Um, my best friend's sister. It was a New Year's Eve one night and they were playing an old school marathon or like a marathon of some sort for um, Deaf Comedy Jam. Okay. And I had never seen it before. Um, and I was like, what is this? Like, I want to ex give this experience that I'm feeling over here. And of course, I didn't know half the stuff they were talking about, but it was so funny. We're talking about the OG Martin Lawrence. We're talking, yeah. you know, uh, D.L. Hoogley would just cut up an audience. Like, and it was just so, you know, uh, Bernie Mac and like just seeing these cats just like go, go mm -hmm. and like see how people reacted. And it was just so fun to watch that. And it was always something about the back of my mind. Like, I'm going to try that one day. And growing up in Cincinnati, I didn't really have the means to. Like yeah. there wasn't really that opportunity there. But then and when I moved to L.A., I was like, I'm going to finally do this. And I was like, and if I suck, who y'all gonna tell? Because I don't know nobody here. So ha, run tell that. <laughs> so I got out here and my first time hitting the stage was I saw um there was one of these casting sites. I don't know if you remember uh like I can't remember, like now casting or casting networks. Yeah. So it's one of those things like you go, you yeah. can find audition. And there was one I thought I was signing up for like some I was going to like audition for like a class for women or I don't even remember what it was. Whatever I thought it was, it wasn't because when I showed up. They Paulie Shore comes out with a camera crew, and they're like, "All right, so um, so it was some, it was a show called Minding the Store for I think for TBS because his mom owns the comedy store, and it was like a show about him taking it over, mm -hmm. and they were doing a, a funny ladies of comedy night or something, and they were looking for female comedians. Now mind you, I had never been on a stage before, and they oh, were like, wow. "We want your best jokes." So we need five minutes of your material. I was like, material? This shit got no material. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. um, I had a receipt. I put on the receipt. Um, I asked the girl in line for a pen, and I just started writing some jokes. And to the, to this day, you know, Kelly Howard, shout out to Kelly with an E, um, from Chicago. She and I were in that line and just figuring it out. And I went on that stage, and they were like, you're so funny. How long have you been doing comedy? I said, bitch, I've been comedy for five minutes. <laughs> Y'all asked for five minutes all over. 
So they booked me for the show, and my first performance was a pay gig for a TV show um, on the main stage of the comedy store. So it was like, what? What? Exactly. So from there, I just kept going to like open mics and like holding that skill. And I wanted to have my own, like, I love, 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 love Jamie Foxx. So it was like patterning myself after his career. He did stand up comedy. Then he went to do sketch comedy. Then he had his own television show. Then he eventually shot out to do movies and film yeah. um, and, and music. But at that time, the goal was all comedians seem to be getting TV shows. Yeah. Martin, Monique, Wanda, you know what I'm saying? Um, Ellen, like that was Seinfeld. That was the thing. So I was like, yeah. my goal, if I want to act, I'm going to do some stand-up comedy and I'm going to be so great and somebody's going to be like, we need to give that girl a show. Um, but eventually, um, the acting thing started to take over. Yeah. And I was like, oh, y'all over here paying checks? Okay. I can't be at the comedy clubs at one o'clock hanging out with the comedy comedians at one, two o'clock in the morning and be on set at six or seven. It just wasn't, it was a very hard balancing act to do. And I know I was like, eventually I'll get to a point where maybe I can do both. But a lot of comedian actors that I knew either were excelling at one or the other. It was almost like you had to choose. Um, yeah. And of course, like, like the Kevin Hart's of the world, like really broke that seal and made it a little easier. But nowadays, I think people can kind of balance and do both. But for me, it was it was a choice. It was just like I had to slow down on the stand up because it was such it's a lot of hard work. And I don't think people yeah. understand how hard comedians work like that. Five minutes of material might take a whole month to perfect. One you know what I'm saying? So doing a one hour special. That takes real work and time yes. to finesse it and to test it on audiences and like and not only just an audience in LA, you now gotta test them. Does it work in New York? Because you know, as a comedian, you feel like LA is an easy crowd. Yeah. Easier crowd because yeah. in New York, we like, bitch, we done seen it all. <laughs> Are you gonna really make us funny, make us funny and make us laugh? You know what I'm saying? So um I remember when I auditioned for the first sketch comedy show I did was for Showtime. And it was uh, Damon Wayans. Mm -hmm. So it was Damon Wayans' show. And a part of my audition, he had me perform down in the comedy store, um, was doing stand-up comedy. And that's how I got that job. Um, but I remember when I did my audition, I walked out. He just he was in a theater, like a little small you know, theater. And I walked past. He did this with his hand and gave me a high five. I was like, I, I booked that. I know I booked that. I mean, why would he high five me? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing I knew, I do like do this like, uh, stand-up stuff. But yeah, I used to do stand-up comedy. Like I was out there with the Tony Bakers and the, you know, Sidney Castillos and the Zaynab wow. Johnson. Yeah, those were my people. And um, and there's still my people. Like I love all these people, but like I used to be out there. Um, but like I said, it's just hard, hard, yeah. hard, hard work. And a, the amount a, of work that I put into my acting, it was just, it was just way too much for me to balance. I applaud anybody that can do it. I don't know. I get it. It's amazing because I, I haven't to this day performed on the main stage of the comedy uh, store. Oh, yeah. And you did it for your first and you got paid in L.A. for your first gig and was on a TV show. God wanted you to win. Like wild. Wild. So, yeah, we're you know, we're so you're working as an actress. You got bring it on fight to the finish. You got Blue Mountain State, Blue Mountain State. Excuse me. And then you got your breakout role as Janae on the game. And we got Patreon watching right now. They say they love you as a person, but they hate <laughs> you. <laughs> haters, why y'all such haters? <laughs> why do you think Janae got such a rise out of? I mean, that's really the calling card of a great actor or actress is when you be like, I don't like them as a person because of how good they were in that <laughs> role. 
Especially with a black audience, okay? Because there right. are people who still don't fuck with Danny Glover after what he did to see me in the So let's just be clear. Um, so I was like, wait, am I the Danny Glover in this situation? I was like, bitch, you're Danny Glover. <laughs> so I didn't know. I was a huge fan of the game before I got on the show. So when I got the audition, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. And I got to do the testing and everybody was so dope. I didn't know that my character was going to be around alone. I had signed up initially for like three episodes. Mm. So cut to the story develops, the story develops. I get the script, the cliffhanger from the one season where she announces that she's pregnant. I was like, oh, bitch, this is some, <laughs> this is some job security. I said, yes. I'm like, so going back next to y'all with me. This is nice. I'll see y'all after the break. Okay, cool. Um, so it was just so, I was on this high of like, I'm on my favorite show. Like, I've got a pivotal role. I'm part of this storyline. Like, this is dope. I was still doing stand-up at the time. Yeah. We were doing this room um, in the Valley. Some, you know, we'd be doing like these little operating rooms sometimes. And the dude had introduced me with my credits. And I was like, ah, that's when I noticed when I got up. And I don't really like my credits to be announced. I want to earn my laugh. Like, just say yeah. my name, let me get the fuck up there, and you're going to get these jokes, and you're going to laugh. Yes. So, um... This night, though, <laughs> this was the turn. This is when it's actually, this is when it started turning. Why another huge reason why I stopped doing stand up comedy. That night, there was a table of girls. They were not feeling me. I, they had, all I heard them talking the whole night was like, that is her. Da, 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 da. I think that is, yeah, that's her. That's that bitch. Like, they were fucking really mad and <laughs> for getting pregnant with a, a fake pregnancy, with a fake football player, on a fake team. In a city that don't even have a team. I was like, really? So that was one of my first tastes. And in the same era, in the same time uh, period, I remember going to an event. And mind you, I'm just now on television. So I'm like, gas to go to an event. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be on the red carpet and everything. I go to an event. This girl introduces me to somebody. And she was just like, hi, how you doing? I was like, oh, she was real stank. She later came up to me and she apologized. Profusive. She said, I am so sorry. Let me tell you what TV does to you. She said, I had no idea who you were, but something in my spirit told me, I don't like this bitch. Did she fuck my man? Like, she literally was saying these words to me. I was like, I'm thinking, like, you should probably have a conversation with your man if you're just out here randomly mad and randomly, random women ready to go fight them in the bathroom. So she told me, she was like, I real, I remember you're the girl that plays Janae. And da, da, da. So I think, I think you did ask me a question. Let me get back to answer the question. No, no, you're think, answering it. You're answering it. <laughs> I think the reason why that character resonates with people so much and like really hits them in the core of their spirit is the writing was so good and so real and also remember this was a, a period in time where black tv wasn't on like it is now yeah that's we true. Didn't have a, a, a many options to tune in so everybody was watching the game right yeah. so when you have this huge audience watching a show and we're watching a, a couple that we've been rooting for since day one Mm -hmm. That's what makes that character be like, oh, she's in the way. Even though the even though the even though the audience that knows Janae didn't actually do anything, she was caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time. She fell from the wrong dude. She didn't break up their relationship. They were already broken up when Janae was introduced in the picture. Yeah. Janae and Derwin lived together at some point. Janae got pregnant while they were together she made the conscious decision to break up with that boy because she knew he still loved somebody else she called herself escaping and the only reason she came back was like uh well you dropped something off and um <laughs> you left something behind 
<laughs> so, so I think because there's a lot of people that related to that storyline, either having been the Melanie or having been the Janae or having been the Derwin in that situation or having been people in those people's lives that were through all the trauma and the turmoil that those, those, you know, those characters were going through. So like some people have, it's so funny. I'll see on Twitter people like, yeah, I used to couldn't stand her. And I finally, I just forgave her when she played Whitney. Or I just forgave her on the Black Lady schedule. Like, I have been, a bitch has been trying to earn Black favor since for 10 fucking years, okay? Let me tell you something. When was, when was, how long? It's been at least 10 years since I played Janae. When you resonate, I'm stand still. When, they, <laughs> when you resonate and they don't like you, it don't matter. Like you said about Danny, how long was the color purple ago? Listen, and when I tell you, ago. when I tell you, I consciously avoided a bob for years. I was like, don't you put that Janae bob on me. <laughs> I'm not trying to get beat up when I drop me to sleep. I'm not giving that Janae bob. So oh, for, like, characters, I specifically had a, and this is also part of my process, but like if any, if a, if a hairstylist introduced the bob, I was like, mm, we don't do the bob. That is a Janae specific situation, and I don't need it to reignite an emotion and a retrigger. People be triggered, okay? Yeah. So, I, I do a good job of hiding. Like I'd be like, I be, part of the reason why I work is I'm reminding my business and I stay really quiet and I just kind of yeah. I make each character hope prayerfully, hopefully, make them feel very distinctively different. There's times people didn't realize that they were supporting me, and they'd be like, "Girl, I was halfway through. I was like, wait a minute, that's." Oh, that is such and such about time. He was like, I got your ass now. You like me. Stop it playing. You like me. You don't know her. Why you, why you tripping? Why you being like, why you being like that? Come on, we can be friends. That's hilarious, <laughs> man. I even, there was a time in, in Black Hollywood, I had a, a Black casting director. You know, you're trying to be in the moment. And I walk in and she was like, mm, I don't even like you. Like, she started going in. I'm like, I'm like, what? Uh, Hi. Is this my mark? <laughs> like, can we have this conversation? So I realized how powerful of an effect that character had in that show when I started, unfortunately, getting like a lot of that backlash and that hate. Um, and 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 I feel like I just remember the moment I was being punished in the black community. Like I wasn't getting jobs, um, maybe because of that role. Because people literally had a feeling about it. Like people felt away. And it's so interesting, like that I was able to survive. I survived it. Hi, I'm a, my name is Gabrielle and I'm a survivor. Um, I just really, yeah, like I take it back. That is a time where I stopped doing stand-up comedy because people weren't listening. I would come out and I, because I wasn't letting them introduce who I was, I noticed, oh, they my voice is recognizable, but I look so much different than my character. My vibe and energy is so I'm trying to figure out where it they know you. Took me a while, and I was like, "They what?" And I remember one time at the comedy store, I was like, "Bitch, what you want? What what's happening to the table?" And I just started. Black people love you to talk shit to them, so I was just talking to the table girls. And I was like, well, "I'm happy. We want to go outside, and we was just kikiing." But it was finally for me to break that seal and being like, "It's okay to embrace this role and what all that encompasses, and you just gotta rock it out, like." this is the reality. Like, you can't go to the dollar store no more and mind your business because people is in your business. Like, Jermaine, why are you here in the dollar store? Because um, this toilet paper is not in our sense. Hello? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Why are you in here? This, these are values, ma'am. <laughs> that how are in this store did not have produce. <laughs> these are values, ma'am. 
<laughs> so yeah, that that role was a lot of fun and that experience. Like, but I will say there is a, also an equally or more a larger audience of people who love that character. They love to see this strong, independent, single mom defend her son and do what she needed to do to like check uh, the baby daddy and his and his wife yeah. because they were doing some stuff that they shouldn't have done either. Now, it's funny. A lot of people now that it's on um uh, on Netflix, mm-hmm. people are watching it and they're like, they're older now. And they're like, oh, watching it now with this new set of eyes. Janae was innocent like she didn't do nothing that it was that damn melanie it was that damn dermot it was the whatever so you know it was like you know i mean swapping babies that's what we doing so that's like <laughs> that was it was so but what's great about the writing is that they did a good job of making everybody flawed you know what i'm saying and the writing was just amazing but and i knew and i, I avoided playing another woman or a baby mama for years because i was like hell no i was like y'all not about to pigeon me in that so when i got the role on uh, the Upshaws, I was like, mm, should I do it? But the difference I knew was this was a character coming in. You already knew her as the baby mama versus yeah. being introduced later on where you're rooting for this, this couple. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm really laughing at the fact that black folks just are aware of what an actress is, but sometimes we just be like, refuse. That's you. And I've had sometimes, I've had people be like, I can separate the two, but I I, I fucks with your acting, but I hate I hated you as the character. Da, 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 I hate her character. <laughs> and then one time I tried to in, engage this girl on Twitter. I was like, I, I said something along the lines. I was like, yeah, but that was the actor. Like you fuck with me, or I don't think I said it like that. But whatever it was, she made it very clear. Like no, bitch, I don't like you. <laughs> no, you, Gabrielle Dennis, I don't <laughs> like you. Okay, you are your fake baby. Oh my Thank you, Daddy. I don't like any of it. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Okay, so let's move on from the game. Yes. Uh, you've done so much more since then. Talk to me about Rosewood. You worked with Morris Chestnut and you you recorded a couple songs for the show? I did. That was so dope. So like Rosewood, when I got that job, first of all, I had this outer body experience when I got that call. It was just like, oh. This was the job that was for me. Like we say that a lot of times, like what's meant for you is meant for you. That was the time it resonated and it made the most sense because there were so many other things I was for damn sure. Like, why didn't they pick me? That was for me. And Rosewood, I damn near passed out like, oh, this is the one that had my name on it. You know what I mean? And and from then I've never, I stand by that what's meant for you is meant for you. Like I humbly bow out when something's not meant for me. I'm like, that's some other girl's blessing right there. That was meant for somebody else. And it makes the journey so much easier when you're not beating yourself up over the head about it. Cut to me not answer again. I'm not answering questions. I babble too much. Sorry. So yes, it was an amazing experience. It was a lovely family vibe, like the entire crew from top to bottom, inside out. Like it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I think it helped that it was a lot of our first time Mm -hmm. being like leads on a network series. So we all brought that energy of like, gratefulness and like people because yeah. you know there's a lot of times you'll hear like you feel like that because you're not jaded yet in the business i'm like well just never allow yourself to get jaded we don't have to be jaded like let's take That's a different approach and i think on this show it was just such this amazing energy and this 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 great show also that showcased this professional black man and family like that were in this space that were giving us something new to to look up to and then of course it's 
hello, it's Morris Chestnut who is like the 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 biggest black vampire in Hollywood. <laughs> he refuses to age, <laughs> um, but he's he is such a humble dude. Like people, I don't think understand how he's a good guy. Like yeah. family man, chill, like no drama, um, humble. Like he's just one of those people that it's easy to root for because he's such a such a good such a good dude. Um, so so being able to work with him and the amazing cast on that show, Jaina, Anna, you know, everybody, uh, Lorraine Toussaint, like, hello. Um, that was a great experience. And then I used to sing, because I can't, I don't know how to sit still. So in between takes, they would hear me on the pilot. They would hear me singing on my mic. Mm. And so the, the director, I mean, the creator, uh, shout out to Todd, he came up to me and was like, would you mind if we introduce we know you do stand-up comedy would you mind if we introduce either your stand-up or your singing into the show as a as a storyline i was like <laughs> say less do what you do uh, or fine, go ahead figure it out mm. and um they chose the singing and uh i think the first song i sang was misty blue which is a song i suggested for that scene they fell in love with it and i got to i was found myself back in the recording studio which i hadn't been in a, in, in years because i used to to do sing i used to sing and write for girl groups and all that type of thing. But like, yeah. I was back in this space and it felt dope to like be on that level of it and like just have fun. It was just like, huh, this is the stuff I went to school for. And like, I'm at, it's like a full circle moment to be able to be able to like use some of your tools that you don't always get to use. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've, your career, I mean, I feel like you've both had a long career and you're also like just starting. Because there's like you booked so much, but you're like also, I feel like there's so much more to to come. Does that make sense? I pray so. Hello, yeah. Thank yeah, because I'm like, man, I've already seen you in a lot of stuff, but I also feel like you're just getting your feet in. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk real quick about a couple of things, and then I want you to talk to me really quickly about six or seven things that you did. So the thing that I remember being like, ooh, now Gabrielle is when you got the Whitney Houston. Right. Whitney Houston is iconic in the black community. It's like if you're a singer, you shouldn't even sing her songs unless you can sing. It's like even if you can sing, if you try her song and you don't get it, then you shouldn't have even been over there. You know what I mean? So were you nervous about taking on a role of someone who is so iconic in the black community? Uh, One thousand percent. I mean, the night we aired. Um, the first night we were at the BT offices doing the live Twitter live tweets and I was hiding in the corner. Mm. I was so scared because I was like, black Twitter can make a break. You. Yeah. <laughs> tonight, or do I have more auditions coming my way? And I was so happy and relieved when they were down with it. And like, they were showing love because a part of the reason I was afraid was one, there's still this Janae thing hanging over my head where yeah, I'm like, are people yeah. going to forgive or move past and see past that? Two, there was the night, the day that they announced who was cast as Whitney was mm-hmm. maybe my second day on, on set. And oh. it was like on the shade room or something. And, and, and people were like sending me stuff or tagging me and stuff. And like, people were like, ah, this, 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 this. like people were mad. Okay. Like, right. She ain't pretty enough to play Whitney, or why the fuck Jay gotta get Whitney, or uh, Yaya wasn't available. Like people were just expressing their displeasure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was it was a little jarring because like I'm literally trying 
to do the job, which I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, unfortunately. I got the call on a Saturday. I was in Atlanta on a Monday, got the script on a Wednesday and was filming that next Monday. So Yay. it was like, yeah, I was still like preparing as we were filming, watching videos very intently. But what helped calm me was Woody pulled me to the side. He was like, listen, don't listen to that. He was like, because they did the exact same thing to each and every one of us from New Edition. And he said, now they love us. They, they embrace it. They, you know, a lot of, most audiences are mature enough to just go on the ride and enjoy what's presented to them. And, and I think a lot of people respected the love that we put into it and the, the hard work. Um, But it was definitely, it was definitely a nerve wracking experience in the sense like you get the audition and you're so excited, but then at the same token, you're like, ah, like you said, she's this icon. We, we placed her on such this, high pedestal Mm -hmm. that it was so unfair to her as a human being because even she couldn't live up to the expectations that people held for her you know what i'm saying and there isn't a person on earth who can understand what whitney houston lived other than whitney houston so to just take a sliver of like any of that understanding which is why for myself and the director was important to kind of strip down Mm -hmm. this larger than life persona that we had of her and these expectations, yeah. right? So when he, because at first I was going to turn off, he was like, well, we're not, we're not going to do, so in these scenes, we're not wearing no makeup. And I was like, you know, Whitney was like one of the most beautiful women. What do you mean no makeup? You're not going to, what? So it was just like, but we know Whitney as, you know, in all of her height and glory. But like at the end of the day, she's somebody's mama. She's somebody's yeah. wife. She's somebody's best friend. Like, so it was trying to ground her a lot more into like this space where she's a little more relatable to the audience that's watching because we wanted them to tap into the emotional trauma and like life lessons and life ups and downs that she and Bobby were going through. Yeah. And it had absolutely nothing to do with her when the times when she was on stage. So, um, and also it was, it was the Bobby Brown story. It wasn't the Whitney Houston story. So it was also yeah. me having to learn, you know, know how to play. I made an announcement to the cast, like, yo, we're all here to support and rise this king. That's playing yeah. the lead. You know what I mean? Our job mm-hmm. is to support him. That's why we're supporting actors. So let's lift him up. Let's do our job to make him shine. Um, so there was a lot of, a little bit of stress was taken off me because it really wasn't her movie. It was Bobby's movie. I want to take a break from the show and tell you about our partner, Athletic Greens. This is a product I use literally every day because as you can see, I'm a highly, highly active, finely tuned athletic machine. Look. You know me, guys. You watch one of my podcasts, one of four. You might know I'm a pretty busy guy, but I've got to have good gut health. I've got to have more energy. i got to have an optimized immune system. Okay, and I, I don't like taking vitamins and pills. I wanted something that would actually taste good. And you know I'm a hype beast. I want to see what all the hype was about. So what is this stuff, huh? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins. Minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and supports mental clarity and alertness. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. For every purchase, AG donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need. In 2020, AG donated donated over 1.2 million meals to children. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health 
and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase, with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash stage. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash stage to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Check it out. And now back to the show. Yeah. And she was a supporting role in that. You know, it's really interesting what you said Black Twitter does to the <laughs> Black people starring in these roles because Black people wasn't rocking with Whitney as an artist at first. That part. They were that mad part. at her. They thought she was pop. She wasn't R&B. They booed her at the Soul Train Awards. And yeah. then later on, it was like, oh, we love you, actually. And it's like, yeah. what are you about tear me down? You mm -hmm. know what? You be very abrasive at first, but... When we love you, we love you. So we love you. When we, yeah, when we love you, we love you. <laughs> Before but, I let you go, I want to go down. I want to. I'm gonna name the project, and you just give me like one sentence of what of of what comes to mind first. Okay. 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 So uh, let's go with Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. Finished too soon. Mm. Incomplete. <laughs> I love that. I, I agree with that. Insecure. <laughs> oh, um, Issa Rae, dopeness. <laughs> okay. American Soul. Oh, um, huge opportunity to play homage to homage. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> Tina. I think, I think it's both. To the one and only Tina Turner. So to be able to to do the singing and the dancing and the portrayal of her was really a dream come true. She's one of my absolute favorite artists. Um, and to be able to sing and dance and portray her was like, a, it was kind of a dope dream come true. Got it. SWAT. Mm. Um. fun not used enough right. <laughs> people are always asking me about it. i'm like i don't know what to tell y'all i don't write it right. um, but i love i love that there's there's this shamar Moore leading this yeah action-packed kind of show that we wouldn't traditionally have seen in back in the day um mm -hmm. so to be a part of that and to be part of that family and be, to be able to work with the great you know Oba Baba Tunde, you know what I mean? Like, hello. Oh those are amazing moments. Okay, Medea's homecoming. Woo, honey. Let me tell you something. I earned, <laughs> I always say, as a black actor, I'm sure you've heard this from family. Every auntie and grandmama and somebody be like, when you move to LA, well, why don't you just work with Tyler Perry? Because I don't know a Tyler Perry. Hello. Uh, so my mom is, is convinced <laughs> all I have to do is call this man. Do you think it's it's that easy? They think it's that easy. So I can say that I finally arrived because there are certain black circles. You ain't arrived until you did Tyler Perry. So I have arrived. <laughs> and I, I actually really respect the man. So perfect. Last one, black lady sketch show. Uh groundbreaking, history making, um, and forever grateful for the opportunity that show has given me to show the range of comedy that I can do mm -hmm. because it's given me an opportunity that no other show has ever given me in that space. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think the show's talked about enough 
as far as I the agree. history that it's made. It was the I first agree. show to be all black women, writers, producers starring in. And um, it, it took the sketch comedy to another level. And what those what those people do with that show by taking it and making it feel, it's essentially we're shooting a bunch of short films. People don't yeah. understand how much work goes into sketch comedy. It's not standing in front of a multi-camera situation like traditional sketch comedy. And even that's very hard. Yeah. But imagine the hard work we put in as actors in one character. We got to do that two dozen times each season. You know what I'm saying? On a tight yeah. schedule. But um, just just hands down to shouts out to Robin Thede for that opportunity she gave me. And, 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 and it's a callback to a full circle moment when I met Robin back when I was doing stand-up comedy and that's actually what made her call me she's she she, oh. me and she said she hit me up like hey I got this thing going with HBO and I think you're so funny and I don't think anyone has tapped into that and I've been watching your career and it fresh it I find it infuriating that people don't know how funny you are yeah. so the fact that she, this black woman took the opportunity to reach back from 10 years pre previous yeah. and be like yo I got an opportunity for you that I think will be right for you and um that's why I would say you never know who's watching. Like that was me auditioning back then and not even realizing it. You know what I'm saying? That's you just never know who's true. watching. I want to say something about this show too, because uh Robin put me in this. That show is black crew too. It ain't just it ain't just uh black women on the camera, behind the camera, wardrobe, costume, on the set with the earpieces. There's black mm -hmm. women everywhere. Cause a lot of times in black shows. That you know, I don't seen some other. I've been talking to some people. It'd be black on this part of the camera, and it don't be black nowhere else. Black lady sketch show. It was black people everywhere. The set was cocoa butter and, and warmth. You know, <laughs> it was. So but I also think the show does a good job of opening the door to women of color and yeah. people of color. In, in avenues like look at like the, we've been nominated a lot of times but we won last year for editing yeah i saw that. Probably won that that's that is history like this show keeps making like this historic uh groundbreaking moments and that's why i'm like we don't get talked about enough like and not like we as in like the actors but like the show the the institution that i think is going to i pray is around as long as like an snl that can mm -hmm. keep giving people opportunity after opportunity, both in front of and behind the camera, because it's needed. It's needed, and, it, and I hope that it just continues to grow and be celebrated and, and talked about in a way that is like, yo, we appreciate what this show is doing and, yeah. and what it's creating. Because look at, I mean, how, look at Quinta Brunson, and that, that Quinta needed the show to do no. what Quinta does, because Quinta was Quinta, right? But it's also like this, it's this pass-through for yeah. creatives that are now going to give you opportunities for other things to watch beyond just that show. Well, you know, Ashley Nicole Black's out there selling stuff and, and Robin's doing her thing. And like, who knows going to come through this institution and be able to go and take that momentum to go do the next thing, right? So Agreed. I think it's so great that this show just creates opportunities. And that's that's all a lot of, you know, minorities and, and, and people in those positions. That's all we really ask for is just a moment and an opportunity to show you what we can do. And 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 it's so funny, like some people get so mad. And you know, these ain't the people when they're in the comments like, well, where's the white lady sketch show? And Everywhere. They're they're, they're, that's that's, why but the fact that you have a problem there. with the word black is your issue, sorry, ma'am. 
Right. And we're going to move on past that. So unless you actually sit down. But there's a lot of people that are not black who can sit down and watch that show and appreciate that comedy is comedy. Yes. What you know what I'm saying? How yes. long has all of us, have we watched grown up watching stuff that didn't look like us? But we knew how to laugh. We know how to go to the movie and pay a ticket to enjoy the white's movie, the yeah. white show. <laughs> it ain't like we're taking it's, it's, it's not like it's pie. We're not taking a piece from you and nobody has right. like there's enough going around. There's uh, 50,000 damn channels on TV. <laughs> listen, I have enjoyed this. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabrielle Dennis. Gabrielle, let the people know where they can find you, what to look forward to. I know you're on the Upshaws as well. Yes. Where, where we can find you so we can get more of you if we want more of you. Well, season one and season two of Black Lady Sketch Show, obviously you can catch that on HBO Max. Um, we did get picked up for another season, so that's also awesome. Then we've got uh, the Upshaws, which is out right now, also, which is on Netflix, which is in its season two. Um, so if you can maybe look past the Janae baby mama and get into on this Tasha baby mama action, it's a lot of fun. Um, and shout out to, you know, uh, to all, actually everybody over there on that show, but like the greats that I get to work with, the Wanda Sykes, you know, the Kim, the the Mike, the, the, no. the Regina, uh, behind the scenes, Regina Hicks, who uh, was so pivotal in that as well. Like, just shout out to all of them for being so great and gracious and letting me be a part of that show and just the Netflix family. And then, hell, I think, you know, Medea Homecoming's probably still on Netflix. And yeah, yeah. Um, I just wrapped another show for a new show for Apple TV. That'll, whenever I get that information to share, I'll let everybody know that. Other than that, just find me being a general phobe on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> I be in these streets, but kind of. Kind of sort of like I'd be in these streets for all the way covered up. Um, so yeah, I just be out here trying to support support my people. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabrielle Dennis, please follow her, please support her. Gabrielle, thank you so much for spending some time with us and best of luck to you on everything that you got going. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank y'all so I much. Love you. Take all care. Right.